do it. All right, let's do this. All right, welcome everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson, and today we got another special guest in the building. It's been quite some time since I've seen this woman. This girl has an amazing, fantastic voice. I tell you, when I first time heard of her for one of our mutual friends, Ricky Schmears, Needy Gritty, shout out to him. I was like, holy crap, who is this person? And then I've heard everything about her, including her band with Cole's Jardich and a couple more other Tronic Music Sons, which now also has a side project, which is now in the works and it's coming up very soon. Please, everybody, welcome. Make some noise to the one and only Deja from Jardins. Let's go! <laughs> this is how we do it in the intro, you know? I'm trying to hype everybody out, you know? I love it. Know. I love it. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, you're, you're welcome. So you're welcome. <laughs> I'm so happy that you're actually here in, in my show. You know, I actually want to get everybody from that. I from around my circle, you know, at least oh, in the yeah. EDM, EDM or music circle. I want to get everybody in this show, you know, and we'll no, just it's, have. It's awesome what you're doing. This is so cool. Thank uh, you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And, you know, let me tell you something. You're actually the first singer in my show that I've got the pleasure to interview oh get out of here yeah everybody else is just um promoters artists djs <laughs> and people who've worked in the industry but not once have i interviewed anybody who's either a, a rapper or a singer or singer overall singer that's so awesome so i am the first singer. yes so you're the first one so you know this is gonna be a nice looking episode so first <laughs> things first before we can even proceed to our little conversation how are you doing I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's a really, really great Sunday. Um, got a lot done. I tended to my plants. I'm like a plant freak and uh, did a lot of repotting. So it was good. That's, uh, that's like, is a lifesaver for my mental health. I love my plants. <laughs> that's so very interesting. Plant making. So you actually do that as a, as a hobby or is there as a main thing that you love to do? I like, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a hobby for me. Like, mm. um, so I'm, I have this goal that I want to get to a hundred house plants. Oh, my boyfriend like wants to kill me, but <laughs> what's this, what's this goal? Give us a little bit of detail about it. Um, so wait, what was the question? I'm so sorry. Give us details of your goal of this hundred plants oh, on houses. Okay. Right. So I have this goal of reaching a hundred house plants in my home. I'm at, I think I'm at like. 30 something. I'm, I know I'm above 30. What? Yeah. Yeah. It's like super fun. It's like I said, it's very meditative. I, I spent like about like three hours just like repotting a bunch of stuff. And that was really cool. So yeah, it was super fun. <laughs> I, how did how did that ever come up with you uh, with doing the whole plant-based thing? That's so, you know, I really like my whole family, my mom, my grandmother, my great-grandmother actually, apparently she was oh. able to like keep plants, but like my mom and my grandmother both kill everything, you know? So like <laughs> they like have anything but a green thumb. And um, so I like, I, I remember um, last August I had bought my first house. And so I, uh, congratulations I was, on that, by the way. Thank you so much. And I wanted to, um, yeah, I was just like, I'm just going to try this and see what happens. I started off with, with three plants or something like that. It's like, okay, this is going well. It's super fun. I'm seeing them grow. I was taking pictures of them and like watching their progress and stuff. And now I'm, I'm totally hooked. Now I'm like, uh, this I'm is my new thing. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> super. It's just like, it's so fun. Cause I've never really had any other hobby up until 
like last year other than music, you know, like I really didn't do anything else. When I was younger, I played tennis and I like hated it. <laughs> no, and- we all did. We all did. Trust me. <laughs> Isn't that so funny? Yeah. It's like, yeah, my family was either like musicians or, or um, they played tennis. So I got like sucked into the tennis thing for a little bit. And then after that, once I like finally was just like, I'm done with tennis. All I did was music. So this has been like super cool and super fun for me. <laughs> so it's just like a brand new hobby and then you're just enjoying it overall. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's awesome. <laughs> well, that's just pretty cool. You know, we got a little similarities in there, you know, between families, you know? Oh, we, yeah? Yeah, because believe it or not, um, my parent, my dad, I remember one time he put me up to tennis and I hated it. You yeah. Know how bad I was in tennis? I'll tell you how bad I was. <laughs> they fought because of my age at the time. I thought I, I was 13 at the time, I believe. Okay. And he put me into tennis. He put me on the on the country club. And then the, the instructor's like, oh, okay, yeah, you're you're Wolfson's son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't let me put you over here. Okay. They put me with the with the big guys. Right. I sucked. <laughs> so it's like, all right, maybe you should jump into the intermediate people. All right, cool. Couldn't get the hang of it. So it's like, no, you know what? Maybe you should actually start from the beginning and go with the kids. <laughs> yeah. So imagine, imagine a tennis with a bunch of kids that are like seven year olds with a 13 year old. <laughs> that, oh, man. Yeah, that's how bad I was. And after that, I was like, you know what? I think this right. is not in it for me. You know? And the other thing that was that similar is the whole plant thing. Um, My grandma from my dad's side of the family, she had an, literally an entire forest in her backyard. Oh my gosh, that sounds, yeah, that sounds like where I want to be at in life. <laughs> oh my God. No, I kid you not. She had a forest. Bec- if I find pictures, I'll send it over to you. That would be, be- so great. Because, I need to no, definitely. It, it, I know she had like a couple of trees. She had like a pond, and that pond had frogs and other stuff. And, oh. and then you got other, other plant based that she's always all the time guarding even more. I think her favorite thing was the bonsai. Oh my gosh. We have a bonsai. Yeah. Yeah. They're so cool. How big are they? Mine is super tiny. Oh my God. Mine is super small. Like I, I mean, we bought it last year, but they grow really, really, really slow. It also, I think it depends on like their pot size. Like mm-hmm. if you, you know, they're, they, they just kind of, they conform. So, um, but yeah, those things are super, super cool. Cause you can like shape them and stuff like that. It's, it's really awesome. That, I believe that's the one that you have to have the most patience mm-hmm. out of it because I, I forgot that she, I know she mentioned to me once that, you know, with a bonsai, you had to be very delicate and patient about it because there's times in which you need to cut up some of the branches and you need to talk yeah. to it. Not like, yeah. seriously, you need to yeah. talk to it as if, you know, it's a living thing, just like you. Well, technically they are, they're, they're, they're the ones giving us, oxygen for us to breathe right, right, right. literally Absolutely. but you know you have she she give me the whole roses like you gotta talk to them you gotta water them properly you gotta help them cut up some of the branches so they don't okay. have like little thorns around so they can grow even bigger and then once in a while you gotta switch spots yeah. and then once it's fully grown then you can put it in the main garden right. with the rest and then you'll let it grow into something big i'm like damn i didn't know like yeah. No, it's so true. Like 
I, I remember when I first started, mm. um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes I still have to look at the internet, of course, like I'm still learning. There's so much to learn. Right. And, like I'm coming from like not knowing a single thing. And, um, and so, yeah. So like, but now I really do, I do get in, I'm like, just kind of like sitting there and like looking at my plants and just like, all right, what do you guys need? <laughs> what are y'all missing? Like, let me know, <laughs> you know, so it's true. You know, you really got to look at them. You got to like, you, you do, you have to listen to them. Um, cause it's, you know, there's so many things that could obviously like, if you see a little bit of plant decay or if you see that it's like a little bit brown at the tips, it could be either overwatering or underwatering. Okay. So then like, what is it? You know, like, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's, um, Something about the sun as well that you got to be worried about giving them some light because it's good to give them light, but not all the time. Because if oh, you yeah. give them too much light, it'll rot faster or die fast or they'll be dehydrated too fast or something. It, it'll it'll burn the leaves sometimes. Mm. So like even even when you're like watering them, like I used to water them like at like noon. Right. Like I would either water them at like 11 a.m. on like Wednesdays and Sundays because like Wednesdays and Sundays are like pretty lax days for me. So, oh, OK. Um, sometimes I would like bring them out, water them and get some sun. And I noticed when I was like watering them um, and and doing that consistently, it was like scorching my leaves. Whoa. Yeah. So like sun is good, but like every plant is obviously different. So like mm. some plants, they like they love that. Like basil, basil, it loves sun. Um, but even even something like basil, like I, my basil had too much sun at one point and it like lost all its color and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So it really, yeah, it's, 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 it was a lot to learn. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of trial and error. <laughs> I mean, you basically had enough time to figure it out and then just like keep learning from how to do this. And it, mm. it becomes, uh, at one point it becomes a trial and error, you know, there's yeah, like, okay, absolutely. now I know not to do this. Now I can do this. And then before you got, Five plants. Now you got thirty-five plants. Right, you know? right, exactly. Wow. So you're trying to get to a hundred plants. Hundred plants, dude. You're trying. That, is that possible? <sighs> Need more shelves. Oh, okay. <laughs> I need to put more shelves in. I think we'll be good. Yeah. <laughs> but where do you, where do you get all the plants? Are like, do you have them inside the house or outside, like in the yard or something? I'm not like outside. That. So, like in my front, I have like a front porch. So I have okay. um, two pothos that are like up, um, they're like up trellises. So they're really, really pretty up to my front door. Um, and then I also have two Boston ferns in my front door. And then, um, on the, like inside of my house, I have like, a, I have like an evergreen, like this Chinese evergreen. Um, I, I have, I, oh my gosh, I'm going to like butcher all of the proper terms for it. Uh, so don't, don't worry about it. Go Thanks. for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I have like a lot of snake plants because snake plants are super easy to take care of. Like they're so lax. I have a bonsai, I have a spider plant. I have another pothos. I have, um, is it a, a yucca, like a yucca cane tree? Oh, I've can- heard. Yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. I have one of those. I have theriums. I have a bunch of herbs right now. I have like spearmint, um, basil, mm. oregano. I have catnip. I have fresh catnip. Oh, so wait a minute. I, I now now we're it. farming food? Is that yeah. what is now we're now we got some vegetables on our side? Yeah, I want it I want to grow tomatoes eventually, but I don't know. I'm I'm not there yet. First I like I, I wanna I think I have like more to learn. I'm scared I'm gonna get a bunch of tomatoes and like kill them. You know, that's something that my my girlfriend she told she has mentioned me a couple of times that whenever we get our future home, 
mm-hmm. that she will love to learn how to grow vegetables, like having tomatoes or broccolis or, you know, stuff yeah. that you can actually grow in your jar and you can just like pick it out there. I'm like, yeah. So, oh my God. So it's so funny you say that like, um, Cheryl's daughter, yeah. Kiana, she like grows everything. So does, so does her other daughter. I think, yeah, they both grow like, but I know Kiana for sure. Like Kiana's grows a bunch of her own food. It's really, really, really cool. So like whenever, like, I remember like my basil plant was like doing well and I like sent her a picture and I was like, yo, check this out. And you, and she'd be like, like, well, check this out. Right. Yeah. She's like, she's got like a dope farm. (laughs) I got like my basil plant going. (laughs) Like, you know, well, I got my little corner. My yeah, little corner, yeah, my little baby. Yeah, it's, it's right there. You know, it's, it's no competition, but you know, right. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. So, do you think it's actually much more healthier and, and natural that you take your own vegetables rather than go to a place like you know, like any of these supermarket places? Huh, oh my gosh, I'm like to be honest, I'm such a food snob. Mm. I've like always been, so I'm like. You know, when I whenever I go food shopping and stuff like that, I, I really try to buy like all organic and stuff like that. And um, so, yeah, like that, that would have obviously like I would love to be able to grow my own like organic farm and stuff right. like that. Like grow my own. Sorry, not like grow a farm, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> organic fruits and vegetables, you know, that would be awesome. Because, yeah, like you, then, you know, like what's going in it and stuff like that. And it's like it's right in your backyard, you know? So there's no like any sort of like contamination or anything. I don't know. That's where my head is at. I well, feel like- that's one of the things I was actually thinking about, like, like the risk of doing it on your own. That I mean, that's just me thinking in my head. It's like, what yeah. if, you know, it can, it could get easily contaminated by, by mm-hmm. what body? I don't know. Well, by so anything I, or, or, yeah, no, I hear, I hear, I hear your point. Yeah. That's so true. Like, you know, at these, these, they have been doing this for like ever. They know how to not contaminate it. Right. That's very, very, very true. Or bugs, like, you know, you know bugs that's why, like, when you get into that stuff, like you mm-hmm. really, really got to know what you're doing, you know, right. like, you really got to do your homework and stuff like that. Cause yeah, I mean, it is food that you are consuming. So but just imagine, you know, you're farming and your dog is literally take a dump next to the farm. <laughs> You're gonna have a, like a nice a like shit a flavor tomato or something. <laughs> oh my god, that I'm I, I don't know. That's what that's where my head goes, you know. So I just want to yeah. make sure, you know, like yeah, like this isn't one of these risks. The other risk is like the easy, easy one, like bugs. How do you keep away from from them? The bugs, yeah. But you know, like there's like I don't know. Even in my house plants, it's really funny. I have like a bunch of bugs but none of them mm. are like that like there are some like harmful ones that you want to like you definitely want to get rid of if they're around just plants in general just attract bugs not all are bad for them you know no of course and not all of them are bad like if if, if, you, if i see like a caterpillar or a ladybug is like oh yeah. you know they're having a good time you know but then if i see my worst enemies ants spiders <laughs> flies mosquitoes bees <laughs> anything that can easily harm me yeah i don't know i don't want to be near them that's so funny i love bees i'm like not afraid of bees at all uh you know i'm not afraid of bees either yeah because i learned i learned how they think oh yeah it's basically the same thing as any other animal don't antagonize it if you antagonize it then you know he's gonna come for you but if you don't leave it alone yeah. He's just flying by. He's not going to stung you unless it's being provoked. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so bees, if they sting you, um, I read that they die. Yeah, I heard so too. But yeah, and, like the, and the little sting actually gets stuck in your skin. Yeah. 
poor bees, man. They have yeah. a, they have a, like a a soldier way of life, man. That sucks. It's true. Like, <laughs> I mean, they go out, they do their thing, they die. It's like, all right, we got like twenty million more. It's like, damn, bro. Right. Feel a little That's sympathy on those little bees. It's poor hard guys. out here for a bee, man. Yeah, man, for real, poor bees. Have you ever had any sort of encounters besides insects that you were like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Oh my gosh. This isn't like garden or backyard related at all. No. But like probably the worst experience I had with like an unwanted friend like that. Yeah. Was um I was like on tour with Yardage and we were we were going past we were going through New York and we had this off night. So we were like, well, let's go party in um mm-hmm. I think we were in Manhattan. I don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> I think we were in Manhattan and uh, I had put my wallet like down on the, on the sink and I picked up my wallet again and I was walking out of the bar, like on the street at this point and I feel something on my hand and it was a roach. Oh. I freaked out and I screamed so loud. I like threw my wallet <laughs> on the street while we're, cr- everybody's crossing and everyone's like, what the hell is this crazy woman doing? Just screaming in the middle of the street. And yeah, it was so embarrassing. Number one. And number two, it was just, I felt awful. Just wanted to set my whole body on fire. <laughs> oh, I'm with you on that. Fuck, <laughs> fuck roaches, bro. Oh, yeah. I don't. I know they don't do anything, but still, it's just like I know. they don't. But yeah, no, those are like definitely like, yo, I'm down with anything else. I'm down with spiders. I'm down with bees. I'm even like, I hate ants are annoying, but like, I, I don't, they're whatever, you know? Um, but like roaches, man. Well, you haven't met the Puerto Rican cockroaches. What are those like? Well, think of a of a, a big bubbly roach, but they can fly. That sounds awful. Yeah, that's that's what that's my childhood was most of the time. <laughs> that sounds like hell. No, but Puerto Rico is beautiful other than these flying. <laughs> no, 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 no. Puerto flying. Rico. Roaches. Until you see a flying roach, I mean, once you see a roach in the floor, you're like, oh, I, I'm like, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna step on you. Until they start flying towards you, that's where you go. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I lose it. I lose my mind. Oh, don't worry, you're not the only one. So is every other Puerto Rican. They can act all <laughs> gangster about, you know, like, oh yeah, I could kill a cockroach and whatnot. Yeah, bitch. Until they start flying towards you, yeah. so we'll see if you can kill the same one. You know. No, no, that's, no. that was the worst encounter I've ever had with an insect was probably a spider. And the and the worst part about it is that I was in the bathroom doing my business. Uh-huh. And then I was just like back then we didn't have smartphones. So you basically when you're in doing your business in the bathroom, you're just like looking around <laughs> your bathroom. You know, <laughs> if there's a magazine, it's like, oh, let me read it. You know, yeah. you open up the thing. It's like. Hmm, cool. There's like more than toilet paper. There's toiletries and other stuff. That's cool. Man. You know, man. You don't wanna. And then it's when you turn to your son right that you see something yellow. Oh man. On the bathtub. Oh man. And that's when that like you like. And then all of a sudden the fence starts so. I'm like. <laughs> Look, the whole time you're telling this story, it's like some terrifying background music in my head. Oh, know? yeah. Just straight, just picture wild. that. Just picture that, you know, <laughs> just picture that basically. <laughs> and mind you, I'm, I'm I'm without my pants and I had to jump over 
No. I had to jump over from my bathroom and I locked that bathroom. And I was like, no chance in hell this one's getting out. Oh my God. Oh my God. The funniest thing is that I was alone in my home and there was like crap. I got no backup. I, if this spider gets me, I'm on my own. I'm done. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Like, that's it. So I basically got in. I saw the spider. So I was like, let me put some raid for cockroaches. It's like, I don't know if this is going to work, but it kills cockroaches. So right. it might as well kill the whatever insects flying around. Right. I don't know what that's I did. But I piss him off. <laughs> what do you do? I just went like this uh-huh. near him, and he starts going faster, and then starts try to go to me. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so I locked the door again. And I was like, no chance. I just I put like socks underneath the the, right. the bottom of the door so he won't get through it. Like hell yeah. no. That's so funny. No, you know, that's just one instance I've ever had encounters with. Uvenen said, I have too many stories with what animals overall. <laughs> My top favorites were probably the few times I've ever encountered with a shark while I was surfing. Wow. Mind you guys, spoiler guys, I'm okay. I'm alive. <laughs> Whew. I know, right? You know? <laughs> You never know if somebody gets this like, oh my God, did he got bitten? It's like, no, don't worry. I'm good. Like my legs are still here. You know, don't worry. <laughs> oh man. But that's if, no, the best thing I can tell everybody is whenever you encounter a shark, do not panic. Just swing softly to the shores and you'll be all right. All right. Oh, yeah. That's no. Much easier said than done. Of course, because everybody will panic right away. And the shark, you don't know his day. You don't know if he's pissed off or he's just like, Wandering around, it's like, hey, look at that. Humans. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no. So, and the other two were probably rat incidents in my old apartment in South Beach. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that, that was the worst one because, like, I've never seen a giant rat like this. You sure it wasn't a possum? <laughs> it was inside my apartment. Oh, my God. And I, I literally, I, just like the spider, I freaked out. I jumped over my couch and I ran out of the apartment complex. I was, I was on my underwear outside. That's my neighbor, no way, that's so funny. My neighbors were like, "What the hell?" Yeah, like, what's up with this guy? I was like, "There's a rat inside. There's a rat inside my apartment." Oh my god! The first thing that pisses me off, they they always like, "Did you clean the dishes?" No, they didn't. It's like, you know, you need to take out, uh, take out the trash once in a while, you know, yeah, because that will attract the rats. You need to clean your dishes. I'm like, dude, I'm not a, I'm not a teenager. I know how to clean right. my apartment. Like, I know how to maintain it. No, there weren't any dishes. Oh, my God. I barely eat in my apartment. I don't have anything in my sink. In fact, if you go inside my refrigerator, you'll feel sorry about me because you'll be <laughs> like, God damn, this poor sucker, man. Do you eat out a lot? Um, at the time when I was working in the Clevelander in South Beach, mm-hmm. I ate a lot outside. I barely had any time to cook because most of the time my shifts were in the weekends and yeah. I work a 12 hour shift. So, you know, most of the time I eat at work and they give me the free food and I'll just enjoy it and that's what I eat. Yeah, and yeah absolutely. That's awesome. So it's like I, I really don't have time to have a meal for myself or prayer. The 
the closest thing I could ever do was um, make a sandwich. That's pretty right. much it. And even even so, I use plastic um, forts and plastic plates. So it's like it's not like I have anything dirty inside the sink or anything. Yeah. And I take away the trash whenever it fills up. Because, <laughs> by the way, it, it takes very long for it to fill. Because, again, I don't do anything much in my in my own apartment. Right. So, yeah, those were the worst times. And the best one. This is, get this best one Massachusetts I was a counselor for a camp and I was sleeping in the in one of the bunks with my with my kids and I heard the door opening shut opening shut opening shut and it's one of those wooden doors that you know that has that little squeaky sound that yeah oh yeah so I've been hearing that yeah 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 it's like yeah, what the fuck know. I was like what the fuck is wrong with these kids bro I'm gonna pit I'm gonna <laughs> I'm a roundhouse their asses, bro. Right. So when I turn around for my bed, my new my bed is next to the door. I'm looking at some like a black shadow going through the trash. Uh-huh. And when I actually like open my eyes even further, I'm like, it's a black bear. Nani? Oh, it was a black bear? It was a it was a bear. Like I don't know if it was black, but it was dark pitch black. I could assume like, yeah, it blended perfectly with the environment. Oh my gosh! It was it, oh, and it wasn't a big bear. It was a cub. Well, that's even scarier. Uh, yeah, I know that's worse. You know that mom is somewhere close. Yeah, exa- exactly. And we're ah! in in the middle of the woods. Oh my gosh! So I so I literally I went go shh, go away, go away, go away, because I can't scream. I can't get up without having my kids to go all panicky mode and just go flip out on me and then things could get worse because obviously if the bear gets inside the the bunk he cannot get out from the same door because the door is actually like like you you push it from the inside doesn't it doesn't push from the outside oh man yeah no that so so i basically got off my sheets very slowly without him noticing and i and i stumped my foot very hard go and he just like panic and run, run off. Wow. So the first thing I did is like I, I looked around. I put all the baggages and all the other stuff yeah. and, and barricade myself. Oh all my the kids God. were like, what happens? Like, don't worry, go to sleep. Right. Don't, yeah. go, don't worry, don't go, go to sleep. And and there was no way for me to Big communicate. Time. Again, it's a it's in the middle of the woods. You have no cell service. You have to let the owners know or the head staff at that time. I was shitless and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not going to risk my life to go out and let everybody know. It's like, hey, you know, there was a bear in my cat in my bunk, you know, just right. let everybody know. No, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> if the bear encounters you that you're on your own, chief. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. You know, that's so wild, man. That's a crazy story. Yeah. So I could have been so bad. That could have been so bad. I- it's so great. I mean, dude, especially with like kids being involved, you know, that that took a lot of a lot of poise. Yeah, I would freak the hell out. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm just like, everybody wake up. <laughs> get the hell out. Get the hell out. Uh, get out. Get out. <laughs> Oh man, that's wild. No, no, no. Like I got, I got many more stories like that. But you know, uh, it it gets again. It gets. I, the reason I got many stories like that, it's because I'm already used to this type of feeling and scenario. So whenever a freaking animal passes by, first thing I do is like, do not freak out because yeah. I'm numb after this. You know what else can you encounter? Snakes? <laughs> Don't worry, 
I've encountered many snakes in my workplace. Oh my go figure, right? Go figure. You know, snakes, alligators. Yeah, sure. It's Florida. Why not? I, I've seen the alligators, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So wow. any any wallet stories like that? Oh, man. No, not like that. There, I do have one cool story. Like when mm. I was, I was, when I was in, the, in high school, me and my friends used to always go out to the jetties in Fort Lauderdale. And, um, we would swim like around the jetties. Right. So it right. We like on, um, it was like the North side of the jetties. There was like this, this, um, I don't know, I guess it was like a, some sort of bay where the docks would or the ports would come it was oh, okay. where the port was. Yeah. All the ships would come in. So anyway, so I was swimming around there and stuff like that. And I thought that a shark was coming like head head first to me. Like I was like freaking out. And it ended up being a manatee. Oh it was and it was so I'm freaking out until finally like and mind you it's like I'm in salt water so I can you know, I, I would open up my eyes in the salt water all the time. Like I'm, I got kind of used to it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I come up to the surface and I'm like, and that's where I saw it was a manatee. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow. So the manatee actually swam with me around the jetties. It was really cool. Oh, that's very cool. It was the coolest experience ever. Cause it was like, man, like people pay to have this experience. And I'm just like out chilling next to the jetties. And this manatee just wanted to swim next to me. Uh, that's that's what's up, man. I love manatees, man. It's such that most of the manatees have to be near the docks area. That's the only way that uh, they can live, you know. Yeah, yeah. There was also a lot of like dolphins there too. You'd see like um, manta rays. Oh, I love manta rays. Yeah, you'd see like the manta rays. It was really crazy. There's uh, a lot of wildlife around there. Are there are the manta rays are like how they describe it? That they're like little puppies that they come to you. So, okay. So manta rays are the really, really massive ones. Yeah. This one was just traveling by itself. Mm. Um, I had, I, and I only saw it from like the top of the, the jetty. I was like, chilling on top of the rock. So oh, okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That, so cool. you know, yeah. we got these wild stories, you know, I, don't, I, I wonder how many more wild stories we can come up with this podcast, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you follow nature is metal? I do not. What is that? Tell yeah. me. So it's this, it's like this Instagram page that's like all dedicated to like just crazy shit in nature. It's really, really like gruesome though. It's like really bloody and gory sometimes, but Wait, I what? like love why? why bloody and gory? Well, why? Because you see like, okay. Cause like, it'll like post pictures of like, um, I don't know, like a lion, like literally eating a zebra. Oh yeah. Okay. But like a lot of the stuff is really cool. Like there's a lot of like videos where you see like a bunch of animals, like, you know, like it's, you just see like how crazy it is (laughs) really, you know, like a freaking hyena running from a lion or something, you know, and like, or a lion taking down a giraffe, like, yeah, some really crazy shit. It's a cool page though. Well, I'm definitely going to take a look at it. Now you pick my interest on it. You know, I'm always intrigued of watching new stuff just to like, cool, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. It's super, super sick. Well, let's try to switch topics a little bit because it was a nice conversation with this all stories that we come out, you, know? you know, but we're going to go back again to one of those hobbies later on. And I will tell you later. But for now, <laughs> let's go on with with you, you know, because I know I've met you through Cheryl and through Ricky, you know? And mm-hmm. as long as I met you, you've always been this dope singer, you know? 
but I want to know, have you always been a singer or, you know, like you said, you have been your influence from your family? Where yeah. did it all come from? You know, I want to hear the beginning, the roots yeah. of where they just started. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I've been singing since I was like about four years old. That's like when I first started taking lessons. Oh, wow. So I've been like singing my pretty much my whole life, you know. So that's, it's definitely always been a part of my identity. And, uh, and yeah, like we, we, I grew up in New Jersey. I lived there until I was about 12. I'm sorry. I lived, I lived there until I was about like 10 or 11, my bad. And, um, I had the same vocal coach that whole time. And when I moved here, um, you know, it's, I actually moved to Florida. My family moved to Florida because of tennis. Um, oh. so I, I actually was, was, wasn't, I hated tennis, but I actually wasn't bad. Like I, I was number 10 in the Northeast region. Which oh, is, yeah, shit. so we came down to Florida because obviously the, the competition is, is really, really crazy down here. You know, it's incredible. So, but I just like, I, I, I really, I really didn't love it. I wasn't, my head wasn't in it. You know, when I was playing tournaments, like I was like always singing or like, well, I think my last tournament, I was like doing pirouettes on the court. Like I just, damn, <laughs> and not, I wasn't in it, you know? And, uh, you know, finally I, I had the, I broke the news to my family that like, you know, I just don't love it. I, I don't really want to pursue this anymore. Um, and I really, really love music. I would like to pursue that. And my family, my family, I've been so grateful that my family has always been so supportive mm. of all of my like endeavors, you know, um, my family always dove headfirst into anything that I was, I was, I, I wanted to do with me, you know, so it was, it's always been really, really, really cool. That's actually pretty cool. Because, you know, because unfortunately, not many families are very supportive with their kids and their careers or you know or their hobbies when it, I mean, and especially when it comes to music because more 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 so the the parents job is they just want to make sure that you're taken care of like you got something that that you know you don't have no problem falling back because you're already good you're already there they just want to make sure that you have your own safety net and then when you start pursuing this career of music, we all know like the pitfalls out of it. You know, the risk is very high. And when you try to take it, like they're, they don't understand and they are like, like solely against it. And most of the time, not many families don't support it. My parents didn't support me on my music career until I start showing them like results. Right. That's when I start, when I start showing the results, it's like, Hey, I'm, I'm playing on this festival. Like, Hey, my music, it's being released on this label. Like, Hey, <laughs> yeah. I'm working with these festivals like hey begin to appreciate it yeah. yeah that's when that's when they really really feel like oh my god you're actually getting good at it it's like I didn't find it like okay yeah then go for it you know Great. so it's actually very very cool that your family has been supporting you with your singing career since the get-go you know and that's actually pretty very cool you know I wish that many families are like an example for yours that, you know, they can just support you for what you really want instead of being doing something that you're trying to, you know, please them. So that way they're okay. Right. Yeah, definitely. You know, like I, music was always just something that was so obviously so important to me and, and like really sacred to me, right. you know, like, so, um, I was so, so grateful that my family was super supportive and, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm also a music educator, 
you know, so um, I'm I'm a general manager and a music director at a school of rock. Oh, well, congratulations on that, too. Why not? <laughs> love it you know so as a music educator you know like i i see a lot of kids who um yeah are just kind of like um you know in the same boat you know mm. they want to pursue it but not too sure if their families are going to be super too supportive of it right so i do think that it is i think more families now i think are more supportive of it mm. of this you know that that type of path than they were um, decades prior, I think so. But yeah, so it's 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 cool to see that some parents are like super supportive. But yeah, now know, now nowadays not, don't have that support. Yeah, nowadays it's much more of a like go for it, you know. My like I said, my parents. I was born in '89, so I'm in my 30s, and obviously my parents are from the old generation, and that old generation is more about you know work hard and achieve your goals, get a bachelor's get a degree and, you know, do the regular shit and then pursue it, you know. But I will say from my parents, and I do appreciate them for always supporting me, even when they're not agree with it, they still love me and they still support me. Mm, yeah, that's that's so true. That's such that's a huge difference. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, because I know there's families in which like, like they have such a bad time with their child when they're doing they're pursuing their their careers for music you know yeah. and they're not in full support but i was grateful enough that my parents that even though they do not agree they still love me and support me and they still want me to fry them they just they just want to see how far can i go and how far can i take this to make this as a living you know because right. obviously they don't understand that what what are, all the falls or the all the come outs in the music industry you know so that's where I build in this podcast in which I my parents listen to it religiously. And I'm like, wow, I'm I'm honored that they listen to it religiously, yeah. you know, like and they and they, you know, once in a while, they text me and saying like, wow, I didn't know that you had to go through that. So I'm like, you know, like, yeah, like some of the stuff that I had to do, you know, right. obviously you didn't understand at the time, but, you know, I, I had to do it. You know, obviously I had to get the degree. I didn't want it. I, I wasn't in it at that time. I just want to be an audio engineer. That's right. that's right. what I wanted. But the school I went to lied to me. They say like, oh, you take half of the courses and then you can be an audio engineer and graduate. It's like, all right, cool. By the time I got there, it's like they didn't have the program. It's like, oh, no, you graduate here. and Then you go to another program. Oh, man. Um, yeah. So it's basically I wasted like six years of my life in college. Wow. Doing a degree that I, that will I would never use it in my life ever again because it's not a degree that I that I care or like or pursue. Granted, right. it, it's definitely a degree that if if I would have loved it very much, I could have make hell of money. Yeah, on a on a very great position. But that's not my passion. That's not what I'm happy about. It. You know, I right. want to be an auto engineer, a music producer, a Whatever, whatever it is in the industry, I that's what I want to be, and that's where I moved to the states, and then went to SAE, and then that's where I met Ricky, and you know, wow. and from then on, my career started to go off from there, you know. Yeah. So you know, because like it's many things that I, I tell people, you know, go with whatever makes you happy. Don't do something that doesn't make you happy, because if not, you'll be spending the rest of your life unhappy and regretting yourself that you wish that, oh man, I could have actually done that back then. I wish I had enough time. I wish I had 
you know, could go back and do stuff, you know? It's so true. It's so true. You know, like I just, when it came to school, I never really found, um, I mean, I, I did further my education in music. So right. I took like theory classes. I did take some audio engineer classes and stuff like that because um, I just, I wanted to understand, you know, the basics and, and at least take it from there, you know? Right. Um, but other than that, there was just nothing that I felt like was going to make me happy, you know? Um, and I'm such an idealist when it comes to that. I really am. Oh yeah. You know, like I, I really don't believe in doing something that you don't love, you know, and every, every job that you take on, everything that you do is going to have its hardships. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's no such thing as a job that doesn't have that, you know, there's, right. You're always going to have your bad days, and that's fine. But um, I'm so grateful that what I do is is as is, is fulfilling as it is, you know. So that's uh, been super cool. No, that's definitely cool. I and I agree with everything you just said. You know, I'm actually am in the position in which I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with my career. Yeah, it doesn't make much money, but you know what? I'd rather be happy. Yeah, so true. You know, but I know that this is just a starting point into something bigger and better, you know, because I'm I'm always the type of person that, all right, I got to start somewhere and yeah. I got to try to figure out what is it that I want. And once I figure out what I want, I ain't, I ain't going to stop. Yeah. I'm going to I ain't going to stop until I get it. Once I get to that position, I find another goal and then I so on. So, on. so I'm constantly finding myself goals in order to progress myself, you know, and also at the same time, expand my horizons. You know, there's other cool things that I, I could do, you know, podcasting is one of them. And I tell you, uh, it has been the most fulfilling thing that I've ever done in my life. You know, I've yeah, never like, been that's like, that's so awesome when you find that thing. Yeah. When you find that thing, it's like never let go and go ahead and pursue it because, hey, I've been DJing for over 15 years. It's yeah. like, uh, like I could say it's been a decade since been DJing and I thought DJing was actually my passion. It still is. I still DJ here and there. Not not as much as I used to back then. Right. But I figured that I always thought that DJing was always a short term goal, not a long term. Mm-hmm. And I always want to play the long run. Yeah, always. So I always figured like, how long am I going to be doing this? Because by the time I get to 40, I'll probably have my back broken by how many times I have back <laughs> in my sets, you know? So, you know, that's, that's, so that was like, okay, let's put that aside for now. Okay. Music production. I love making music, but then I'm not as big as a musician like you and Ricky and Shindo are that, you know, you guys know your music theory and you can play through any tune on any key. I'm not like that. Like, I only know, like, certain keys, like, the most basic yeah. ones, like the F minors, the F majors, the C minors, the D minors, E minors. Like, right. I only know that because at least the style of music that I perform or I, pl- I create follows in that category. So I only know those little notes here and there. And it's still not enough for me. It still wasn't giving me any fulfillment because... I feel like I wasn't given enough consideration of what was making me happy. Mm-hmm. It was more about making others happy and hoping that please others. So again, I put that on the side and I took a hiatus and said like, you know, let me just reevaluate where I really wanted to win my life. And then when podcasting came along, I was like, bro, I've never been this invested, this fulfilled, this happy. And I'm just like a talking machine all around. I just pick up my mic and let's go. Let's That's go. Awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Like, I can see myself doing this on a bigger, better stage, you know? Yeah. That's and, amazing. Yeah. So, let me ask you something because, like, I know you are now like, a GM for music for the School of Rock, right? Mm-hmm. Is that like the genre of music that inclines you the most to make music, or is there other influence of genres that you like to do? I'm definitely one of those people that just listens to mm-hmm. everything, to everything. You know, like I love it. I love mainstream things, and I love really, really, really weird things. Okay. So I'm like just so, and I think that's, it's so cool because I'm just inspired by so many different things, you know? So um, when, when I was with Yardage, it was never like really like, it wasn't like rock, you know, like we never really did rock music. We were just a live band and we did, it was like more like indie stuff, like right. alternative and stuff like that, you know, definitely has some roots in rock, of course. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I think, when it came to yardage, a lot of our, um, a lot of our inspiration was just so many different things. It was blues. It was, you know, the early two thousands, like garage rock as well. Right. So many different things, but it was really, really cool. It was different. It was different for me. Um, like my parents, my parents also listened to a little bit of everything, but my parents were definitely more than anything like hip hop heads. So my mom would, yeah, my mom was like, is like a huge, like Fat Joe fan, you know, like she. Oh, Terror Squad. And um, my dad is like a huge Nas fan, you know, so I grew up. Oh, well, New York, New York. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, that's like, that's a memory embedded in my brain is like being like three or four years old in the back of my dad's car, always blasting like Nas or something. Damn, (laughs) that's what's up. Okay. So, um, so I grew up on, on, you know, definitely a lot of hip hop, a lot of R&B. My mom would play, uh, the, gosh, the Miseducation of Lauryn Hill. That album was like, Whoa. pretty heavily in rotation. So, um, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's so pretty that's cool. That's the stuff that I grew up on. Yeah. So you're basically being influenced by any sort of a music genre. Like your parents just literally, in a way, teach you how to appreciate and listen other genres overall, music overall, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's pretty cool. You know, my parents did the same thing. Obviously, my parents like a little bit different taste. Right. Um, You know, I grew up with listening to Phil Collins. Nice. Listening to Janney, which is like a like a whole different subject from rock to orchestra. Right. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I've been listening, being influenced by a lot of us. Oh, you'll be 40. That's one of my favorite reggae bands. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah you'll be 40, super dope. Oh yeah. I love you'll be 40, you know, and my, it's all thanks to my dad. And he also influenced me. Obviously the legend Bob Marley. So, you know, he taught me how to listen to and appreciate other genres of music, even though he's not he's not a fan of EDM or the mainstream shit or any fan that I would listen or my brother would listen. Like he's totally against it. But it's funny that he helped me learn how to appreciate music from different genres. Not because obviously he taught me from rock to reggae to orchestra. Like, yeah. like none of them are different feels you know and from there i decided to start listening all sorts of stuff that's where i grew up with 
Linkin Park, Blink-182, you know, Sum 41. And then I grew up then for listening to the G-Unit Squad, 50, and then Ludacris, and then Eminem, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And then from there, that grew up to listening to, well, reggaeton, you know, because in Puerto Rico, that's where reggaeton was all born, you know? Yeah. That's all you hear in every, every freaking party or car. You listen to Daddy Yankee, the Wisin right. and Yandels, and... And the Don Mars, and you know, yeah, yeah, and and then later on, that's where EDN start to influence me when I started listening to Tiesto, and then obviously from Tiesto to Dead Mouse, Dead Mouse to Pendulum, Pendulum to Skrillex, Skrillex to well, to the, all, all the music genres that I have that I listen and currently listen to, you know, like I truly appreciate him, and I hope. I hope that I can actually share and influence these certain values as well to my future kids, you know, and let oh, yeah. them know like, you know, hey, I used to be, you know, all fake gangster, but, you know, I, I but I like listening to nice old melodic stuff, you know, it's right, peaceful, right. it's calmer, you know. Yeah. But definitely. I was I was always if I if if I could go back, I can tell you that I was always the surfer dude, the skater dude, the rock dude. <laughs> my whole yeah. life, my whole life was that it was probably by high school that I got a little bit of influence of reggaeton and hip hop because, you know, everybody's going through that route. But I was like the whole time that was always a, a skater dude. Because I mean, again, I grew up with in an island. You're surrounded by water. Like, what can you do? You can longboard and surf and all that. And obviously you'll be listening to all the cool punk rock songs all around you know <laughs> yeah that's super cool that's super awesome yeah so let me ask you so where did it all jardage came about like how did that all started and how do you guys figure that you know like you know this is the route we're taking from jardage to be this little rock band um so yeah when i was in high school i had um i met cheryl when i was about like I think like I was like 14 or 15 years old. I've known Cheryl for such a long time. Oh, wow. And uh, so she, you know, she, um, I would always like sing at these like different events that, you know, my mom would just like always like see. And, you know, my mom was, again, my mom was always super supportive. So anywhere that, you know, she saw an opportunity, she would say, Hey, there's this thing going on. You want to sing for it? And I'd be like, Oh yeah, let's do it. You know? And um, so Cheryl had seen me like sing one day and, uh, and she, uh, you know, she thought I was pretty okay. <laughs> and, Just um, saying, yeah. Thank <laughs> um, and, and yeah, you know, that, that started. So that was really cool. I grew so much as an artist, um, just being around her artists at the time, you know, like tremendously. So um, just with stage presence and um, just fine-tuning my artistry in general, you know, developing who I was and all that stuff. So I worked on that for a really long time and I had, um, and I had signed with a, a production label. Um, so they were helping me out with like a lot of music and videos and all these amazing things, you know, so all that stuff. And then, I don't know, I just had like, I think it was, it was my senior year. Well, I, I had already started thinking about it like my junior year. Right. My junior year, I was in virtual, I was doing virtual school because I was, I was getting pretty busy with my music and stuff like mm. that. Um, so I was, I was just like, all right, let's just do the virtual thing. And when I was doing the virtual thing, you know, I like definitely had a lot of, um, a lot more time on my hands. <laughs> so I think that's where the whole notion started, where I, I realized that I really wanted to be on stage with with other musicians. Um, 
when I started picturing myself on stage, like it wasn't just by myself anymore. Mm. And um, so when I got my senior year, I decided to go back to school um, just to finish out my year with my friends and stuff. And um, I had, yeah, like my, it started off with my childhood friend, Andrew. Um, Andrew was like one of my first friends when I moved to Cooper city, which was really, really cool. So um, we always knew that we, that we were, you know, musicians, right? but um, I don't know. We were just like young and we just never like played together or anything. Mm. You know? So it's not until like our senior year, we started like jamming together. And I remember our senior year, he like switched out of, I can't remember what class it was. I think it was like an AMP class or it was marine biology, some sort of science class. Right. And it was our senior year. So he was like, fuck this. This is too hard. I'm going to take like a, a guitar class or something. He had already been playing guitar, you know? So he <laughs> takes this guitar class and that's where he meets Alex. And Alex is, um, same thing, taking this class because it's an easy class for them. Right. <laughs> you know? So, um, so yeah. So then we started like jamming like every day after school. We would have like parties at Alex's mom's house. Oh. And we would just, yeah, we would like set up set up the kit, set up the amps, the mics, all that stuff. And we would just like jam for our friends. It turned into like an every other day type of thing. It was so funny. It was just so much fun. It was really, really, really fun time. So when uh, I remember I was telling this like Cheryl and also Randy, like I had, um, I had met Randy Acker and, and you know, Eric, he wanted to as well help out with my career and stuff right. like that. And, I remember telling them and they were like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, <laughs> you, like done. You, you know, you, you've been working on this for so many years and now you're just going to like, and Randy had just taken me on as an artist, mind you, you know, like he had oh. like just, this is like fresh, brand new. And, um, oh no, hold on. Actually, I take it back. He hadn't even like, we hadn't even signed yet. Okay. Like we just, we knew that we were like going to do the thing together. Right. 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 Okay. And that's when I was like, okay, like before we get any further, just so you know, <laughs> I have <this> bright new <laughs> idea. <laughs> what if, what if? Yeah. Right. What if? <laughs> and they were just so like, dude, like, wh- like, like I said, like, what, what are you thinking? You know, like you've been working on this for so many years. This is, this is like, you're going to be starting fresh. And I was like, I know, but I feel like this needs to happen. You know, this, this, I think this is, this is where I need to go, where this, where my life needs to take me and right. my career and my artistry and all the stuff. And um, I'm kind of the same way when I have something in my brain, it's like, it's so hard to tell me otherwise. And it's so hard to change my mind about it. You know, um, finally, you know, like I had, I said, just, just check us out. Like let's rent out a studio or, or a, a rehearsal space. Let's rent out like a studio slash rehearsal space or whatever. And, you know, we'll prepare a couple songs for you mm. and just show you some of the stuff that we jam on and all this stuff and, and, and take it from there. Like if you hate it, you hate it, but check it out first. Yeah. You know? And, um, and yeah, like we, we rented out this space and, and I remember like the first time that they, they really like saw us in this rehearsal studio was really like magical. It was really, really dope. They were, they were super down for it. So I, I couldn't thank them enough for being as supportive as they were and taking a major leap like that with me, you know, that's so dope. it was really awesome. Yeah. So we were, yeah, it just kind of started off like us being just some high school kids, you know, like, like a lot of bands do. Right. <laughs> some high school kids that just wanted to play music together. And that's, I think what was so cool is in the beginning, it was just so like organic, you know, like, um, I remember like at that time I was like a huge fan of like the Grateful Dead and that's pretty Ooh. much how the Grateful Dead got started was they just would throw these parties 
these like psychedelic ass parties, of course, but right. <laughs> <laughs> these parties and, and people just fell in love with their energy, you know, and, and they would have these parties like all, every weekend. It's like, let's, yeah. And they going to someone's house and, um, a bunch of people there and the, the dead was playing, you know? So it was really cool. Like, I just remember like, just, you know, just kind of immersing myself in, right. in the dead and learning about them and, and us, me realizing like, man, we're kind of doing the same thing. Like, we're throwing these like random parties in high school and like all of these people are coming just to check us out, you know, like this is so cool. So it was pretty awesome. That's pretty dope. And let me ask you in, in all that journey, where did Ricky ever fit it with you guys on yardage? Cause I know he was the drummer back then, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So I, I met Ricky, I think probably a year or two after I met Cheryl, I think it was like 16 or 17. And, um, we had started off by, we did, we did a song together. It was pressure. Okay. We did pressure together. That was like our first song that we had written together, I believe. Wow. Um, it was also with Cheryl's two other artists at the time, um, Jesse and Jader. And that was, yeah. So like that was, um, that was the first time we ever like had worked together. It was super awesome. Oh, and Geo as well. Was another producer on it, I believe, Geo. And um, first time we had ever worked together. And and I think me and Ricky just always like kept in touch, you know. Like I had a show, he was he was actually supposed to be a DJ for one of my shows. I was like opening for Jake Miller at Revolution. And um Ricky Whoa. was the DJ for uh, the DJ for it that night. And this was before the band or anything. This was like when I just had my own solo thing going on. Yeah. And I think he had like, he ended up getting like appendicitis or something. So yeah, so me and Ricky had like known each other for a really long time. And I want to say, I want to say that the first time we jammed together was at that rehearsal space. Oh, you know, like I'm almost certain like met up with us and um yeah we just like started playing like cheryl knew that he played drums and she was like yeah like why don't why don't we just all let's let's fucking do it yeah so that was super cool that was super super awesome like uh so he played he played with us for a while we did a bunch of stuff we did like sunfest together we did fmf together we did our first our first project was with him that's pretty though and that day was pretty even when he even when he was when he was when he had left because you know his career was doing so well right um, he helped us produce well he produced if i stay for us which was awesome he's always been like just just a really really great friend obviously like a brother to me you know so. yeah shout out to our little brother ricky schmears <laughs> nitty titty you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah if you knew the relationship that i have with ricky is that you'll see our text message and you think that we're in on a toxic relationship and he's just <laughs> He's just literally laughing at everything I said. I, sometimes I, I randomly, I, I go like, sometimes I just want to punch you in the fucking face so you can, so you can, so you can answer my text message. And he goes, laugh my ass off. I love you too, brother. I, I know it's crazy. I haven't talked to you. I was like, no, I know. I know. Like right, the only, like the only way for, for you and me have communication is I, I threaten you. Like, <laughs> Great. You know, like, great. That's fantastic. That's exactly what I need out of you, you know? Ah, uh, my boy. Oh, boy. But let me ask you, like, while you guys were doing um, Jardich, even with or without Ricky, 
I remember that you opened up for Bon Jovi. How was that? That was awesome. You know, like I remember doing like sound check and it was obviously an empty stadium. So when we were doing it, it was like I didn't had no idea that the sound would travel across it did back to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way it resonated from those buildings was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Like I think, you know, when when the actual show happened and there were people in the stands, like a lot of the times when I get on stage, like I really do just like black out. Like I don't I don't remember much of what happened. I do. I black out like a lot of the times. Um because not not like getting I, I hope wait hold on not because I messed up <laughs> no 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 you're, you're, you're not saying it no no you're saying the right way it's not that you were yeah, drinking like, or anything like, like no that's not the way guys just put a <laughs> put a quota right there she doesn't mean when she blights out that she was yeah. heavily drinking no, no that's no, not what no. she was meaning no I get you know I like I've been I've spent like so much of my life on stage like I've been performing since I was literally like seven. And, um, it's so crazy. Like I still, I still get so nervous to jump on stage. Hey. Crazy, crazy nervous. So a lot of the times when I'm on stage, I like totally black out. Don't remember what happened. And I think it's because I had to like, it's just my way of coping with it. Like, you know, I knew that I had to be a person on stage. So in order for me to be a person on stage, I can't like think of me as myself. Right. <laughs> then I become too self-aware and whatever. So no, I, I, yeah. I hear you. No, I definitely hear you because I do the same thing, believe it or not. I yeah. You can say that, you know, DJing is a is a, is easy because all you're doing is switching music to music. Oh well, no. Whatever, guys. If anybody believes that's all you gotta do, know it. Good right. for you guys, but it's not. It's right, right, absolutely. There's there goes more to that, you know, like and the big shows I've ever done and festivals that I've performed, I remember I blacked out. Yeah, I can yeah. only remember through videos, through people yeah. taking videos, and like I did this. I'm like, I did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, no, the same exact thing will happen to me. So at that's so funny. Like at when when we when the show was actually happening, right? I I I found out through video and from people telling me that like, <laughs> well, when we got off the stage, I learned that my guitarist had like. He did like this jump, Nick. He did this jump during "If I Stay." Stepped on his on his quarter inch, and it came out. <laughs> and no. he was so sly about it, though. He was so so sly about it. He like he does his jump, comes right back down. Like I saw the video, comes right back down, puts it back in. And he's like good to go, right? <laughs> so funny. But I had no clue that that had happened. No fucking clue. No, because I was just like in my own world, you know. So. Yeah, yeah. goodness for video and picture because I wouldn't have remembered the experience. I hear you, man. Like every time I start playing, like it don't matter. It's like some another form of me takes over and I just black yeah. that. And when I come back, it's like, what happened? Why am right. I feeling right. so weak? Why is my yeah. lights about to fall? What is going on? What is right. this? Oh, yeah. I relate to that so heavy. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, you were amazing. I'm like, why? Why? What did I do? What did I do? <laughs> right. That's so funny. Um, oh, man. So how, how did it come out to get to that Bon Jovi gig? Like, how did you got it to there? And we went. So we won a competition. Oh. 
Yeah. So that was super cool. We won a competition. Um, it was a video competition and, uh, Bon Jovi was doing this thing. It was really awesome. By the way, like he has like the most incredible team, you know, like incredible, incredibly nice, incredibly welcoming. Like we, we felt like family from the second we stepped into the building. Wow. Really awesome. Yeah. Cause obviously like, you know, and I'm sure, I'm sure they definitely know that, you know, this like small band, you know, was like probably going to feel like you some know. sort of intimidated. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But no, they were so, so kind. And um, so, yeah, so he was doing this thing that um, it was this like local competition where he would have like a local opener for his entire um, tour, which was so awesome. So uh, I think they had two dates in Florida, two or three dates in Florida. So we were like the South Florida pick, which was really cool. That's pretty dope. I've never heard such a thing from any well-known artist. Like, uh, it, right? it, like that's those are very rare when they see when people like Bon Jovi that does stuff like that. It basically tells you a lot more about his character than so what true. anybody think about it, you know, because it's like, he, had, he doesn't have to do it. No. He, he didn't have to do it. He's he, that kind of person. You know, like he has he has that soup kitchen where everything is like by donation. Yeah. He, like he has a bunch of those in New Jersey, New York, like and I think a couple other places as well. Like that's just Dope. who he is, you know, and it's it's super, super amazing to have. Dope. Dope. It's and you know what? I commend him for doing something like yeah. that. You know, like I commend I commend artists or rot stars, however you want to put it that always help out for the community that it's in it for the community that they want they always want to bring up you know the next person the next singer the next rock star you know why not you know like let me pour let me do something that you know that can help someone's career or livelihood or you know whatever like let me help out you know and i commend everybody who does that a lot you know like and it's only a few people that i can name on top of my head that can do sort of that sort of stuff you know so yeah. that's pretty dope that bon joey did such a cool thing i wish that many artists could can do such a thing like that like he does you know right it's pretty cool, dope so and out of Bon Jovi, you mentioned other shows. Like, have you you guys performed an Okeechobee festival, right? Yeah, yeah, we did. We've done a few festivals. So, like, we we did the Bon Jovi thing. We did um, Sunfest. We've done uh, Okeechobee. We did um, it's like Forecastle, Forecastle in like Louisiana. Oh, so you travel outside the Florida before? Like, you've done the tour thing. Yeah. Tell me more about how how's that experience? What's it, what's it like having that touring life? So we did, uh, I mean, it was great, you know, like there was, there was one summer we did, it was like our first big tour mm -hmm. and, um, we had, it was a full house. It was obviously the band. We had a photographer on board with us. We had our tour manager on board with us. We also had, um, Jordan, our drummer's girlfriend. Right. We had, um, at Stephanie, who was our tour manager. She was Alex's girlfriend. Um, wow. Had, Wait, everybody's was each other's girlfriend or something. Am I missing <laughs> something? Am I, yeah, every, so everybody pretty much brought their significant other. And it was so awesome. Like we were always super close. We were always super, super, super close. Um, the guitarist, Anthony, his girlfriend was, uh, she was, she was actually directing a music video for us on tour. 
So it was cool because all of all of all of us were just creatives, right? right? So it was it was super awesome, and um, and yeah, it was it was definitely an unforgettable summer. You know, it was super fun. We did uh, we just had so many memories, so many pictures, so many videos, and we can probably compile go through like three hours <laughs> that's dope that's dope well i'll tell you like my favorite show from you guys on jar as jardis was probably when you guys open up the the open party for your ep the face value ep oh that show is so magical we had just come back from tour that was our that was our last that was like our last show of the tour really yeah that was that was such a magical show we worked Let me tell you, we worked so hard on that show. It was like, we, because we really wanted to create an entire experience. Like it wasn't just going to be a show. I mean, everything, everything we thought about, like the design, you know, like the, all the props, like there was so much planning that went into that party. It was so much work, but it was so much fun. Like it was so fulfilling. And all of us, like, I mean, Cheryl, Stephanie, the whole band, everybody like gave 110% into that into that show it was amazing no i I was super excited for you guys and i was just like having the best time in my life with you guys when you guys were performing right there from your ep you know my favorite song mind you my favorite song is northwest is it that's what a lot of people say but you know why you know why because it reminds me of of mice of and men oh yeah i hear you yeah it reminded me of of them and when i heard northwest it's like huh it's like it reminds me of that that famous song that they do they that, that's like world worldwide known i for jesus i forgot what it was but but it, it reminded me of that song and i was just like it makes me feel so happy and just the the lyrics itself it just makes me feel like very appreciative you know it def- yes it definitely it's 100 like that's that's 100 the vibe we were going for you know like mm-hmm. that song where it's like just a beautiful day outside and you just want to roll down your windows and like exactly drive. yeah basically it, it, it's one of those it's i can tell you that it's definitely one of those songs that i would want to put it in my car on a road trip and just chill and listen to some it good is, it's vibes a road trip song for sure yeah absolutely <laughs> And how long did it took you guys to make that EP overall? You know, the writing, the writing for that EP was, was so organic. Everything came pretty fast. Really? Um, yeah, everything came pretty fast. So writing it wasn't too bad. When we got into pre-production, obviously there were some things that we wanted to like rewrite and fine tune and stuff like mm-hmm. that, that we did with Joelle, who produced that EP. Right. Um, Joelle Place, yes. And, uh, and yeah, you know, like a lot of a lot of time went into just like layering and layering, like layering guitar parts and um, a lot of the ear candy, you know, just working through solo after solo after solo and stuff like that. So um, we probably spent we spent, I think it was about eight months on it in total. Eight months. And there is those eight months you were you were still touring, right? Yeah, we still played shows. So, like, I mean, we were still playing that music. You know, we had been playing that music for a while. Like, we didn't care because, you know, it was just, it was music that ev- we knew that everybody was going to love. Right. Had a good time, too. So, we didn't really care about it not being released yet. <laughs> yeah. No, but it was dope that it got released, you know? Like, again, like, I bought it from my, from the iTunes store and I have it on my phone. And I listen to it once in a while because it's just... It's one of those EPs that I like. I could 
your band is literally one of those few bands that I listen that I can appreciate music overall. Oh, thank you so much. No, of course. One thing I do want to ask you, because what it's like to be a singer for an indie rock band like yourself, what's it like to be a singer overall that not only can you just sing on a rock band with Jardich, but you also have sing on multiple songs that I was like, whoa, I didn't know you could go that far. Like from, <laughs> from classics like Strata with Ricky, my <laughs> all-time favorite song. <laughs> I kid you not. That was a brilliant project that you and Ricky did. And, and other songs that I've heard you from other people. Like you did a song with Big and Slim that yeah. I was just, I was just like out of the lefty. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold up. The Deja just saw, sang on a dubstep song, which it went <laughs> hard as fuck. Like, what? That's so funny. Yeah, I mean, like, again, so, like, I grew up on everything. And I, when I was in high school, like, my freshman and my sophomore year, I was super into EDM. Like, big, 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 big into dubstep specifically. Really? Yeah. Not too many people know that. But, yeah, I was, like, a huge dubstep fan. Yeah, I just, I, I, I've always listened to everything, you know? And um, I, I think of myself as a super versatile singer. So, mm. you know, I, I can definitely sing several different genres i think any good musician you know can can play several different genres you know right. and just feel whatever that genre calls for so yeah you know like that stuff was always super fun for me like i i loved love 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 that stuff for indie rock that was actually something that like you know i i did have to had to learn a little bit about it was fun it was different because i just never really grew grew up on that like i right. you know um, but I loved it. You know, when I got into it towards my later half of high school, like I, I really, really was obsessed with that music. I would listen to like a lot of strokes and Arctic monkeys and stuff like that. Oh, oh yeah. Metric. Jesus. Like yeah. Jesus. And then at the same time, I was also like super heavy into jam bands. So like Grateful Dead and Fish and stuff like that. I have a Grateful Dead tattoo. <laughs> That's dope. That's dope. It was just so funny. Like, I was just, I'm like, ex again, just extremely inspired by so many different genres, you know? So singing different genres, playing different genres was always super fun for me. You know, of course, challenging sometimes, but definitely fun. It, it definitely sounds very versatile from your end. Like, it, like the songs that I've listened outside of your band, it's it just sounds so natural that you were like born to be doing this type of stuff. Wow. Thank you. No, of course. Damn it. I wish you could have signed so a couple of my songs. I, if I would have known that. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, now I have to rewrite some of my songs. It's like, hey, Deja, I got this project. Let me know what you think. <laughs> Dude, I got you. I totally got you. Yeah, That's I mean, dope. look at like Haley Williams, right? Like Haley Williams, like she made it big with like Paramore, of course. But she Ooh. did so much. Like she did that song with Zed. And yeah. She did that airplane song with like B.O.B. And that was that was super cool. That was super different when it came out. I think it was at the time that hip-hop and rock and dance music were all merging with each other, that they were building bridges with each other. Because okay. remember, back then, back then, as I remember, everybody was its own lane, you know? Like, nobody wanted to mess with another lane or not. When Jay-Z started that bridge with Linkin Park and did that whole... I was just going to say that, yeah. Like, that, that, that shook the world. That was oh. so... Oh, 
that was that was a masterpiece. That's what yeah. it was, man. And, I, and let me tell you, the Acom, Acom with David Guetta. Oh yes. And then and then you got like Paramore, Haley Williams doing all that other stuff with EDM artists and rappers. And right. I know like there was like there's, there's a bunch more of other people that decided that like oh shit let me let me get into this let me get into that as well let me just do collabs and. Before you know it, that, that whole norm about staying in your lane, nope, let's work together. Let's go. Let's make some music. Let's do yeah. this. Let's do that. So I I am thankful that that ever happened because it just gives people like, hey, you know, you don't have to do this the whole time. You can actually evolve yourself and do other cool things that you will want to do or try and experiment, you know, because there's nothing wrong about experiment. Some of the greatest ideas come from experimenting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that was something that I just always struggled with was like, you know, just mm. like, I think it was always just like sticking to one thing. So I just loved everything, you know, and, and I, I just didn't care that it was things were different from each other. You know, like that didn't matter to me. Like if it's dope, it's dope. And that's all there is to it. I feel like that that's where the the bad reputation that's been perceived by many musicians is like, you know, like if you get better at one thing, and stick by it, you know? <laughs> right. And that's like a, such a yeah. false narrative, you know? Yeah. Don't stray away from like what you're good at. Yeah. That's, that's, that's I think that's, that's, that's dumb. Yeah. 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 And you know what? Like I, w- I was taught by that in, in my school by a Grammy award winner engineer, which his name is never going to be mentioned in the show, but I've talked shit about him and his character in the show. But that no i think i think like at the so there's like two sides to it right like i think at the same time it's it is good to find to find your niche Mm. you know that is that is cool um but i mean yeah i don't know i think i think as any musician like any musician should definitely i mean like 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 ricky for example like ricky does everything you know like ricky is so versatile but at the same time, like he knows his audience and, he, and, and, you know, he definitely, he has this incredible brand, but he also pushes those boundaries. So I think, I think it's just like, it's finding that balance of, of knowing your niche, knowing right. what you're great at, knowing what you're good at, knowing what makes you happy, of course, but you still always should push those boundaries and expand your horizons and, you know, learn and be inspired by different genres of music no and i absolutely agree with that there's nothing wrong about that like and i get what you're you're trying to say is like yes find your own niche find your own style but the way that they were perceiving it to me is more like stick with your own lane stick with that if that's what you're good about don't try other things and like if i would have i kid you not deja if i listened to his advice right i would have never been a dubstep dj wow i would have always been a house guy kid you not and because I always I was always in, into progressive house, electric house, you know, that big room era. Yeah. You know, I was all into that. And if it wasn't for me meeting Ricky and getting in more influenced by Skrillex and other dubstep rappers, um, dubstep like Somboy as well, I would have never. You would have never realized that that was like your thing also. Exactly. Exactly. And I've and and the reason why I've never started dubstep is because I was too scared to start. Mm. Because obviously 
dubstep is such a complex genre that many people don't really realize it. Like it, in today's world, it is easy to make dubstep because now all you need is um, a laptop's uh, plug-in serum and any DAW and, you know, you can make a dubstep track. So it's very easy to make it. But back then, before serum was popular, before it was all about massive, you know? Mm, yeah. And I was I was just too scared to start because I don't know where to go. Like, I didn't understand the frequencies. I didn't understand the, the whole how to make this. I just love listening to it, but I never had the balls to start with. And okay. if I would have, like I say, if I would have listened to that professor, I would have just stick with house and my mom business, you know, and then. And, and it wasn't for one of my homies that were around me that were telling me, it's like, yo, don't listen to what he says, you know, make whatever makes you happy. Right. Whatever, whatever yeah. you fuck with, do it. You know, like what yeah. the hell does he know? Like, you know, like if you're you're not going to go ahead and make a genre when you could be making other genres and you can probably find your niche at that other genres and right. you'd be and you could be a, a better world artist because you decide to switch other genres. Yeah. And believe it or not, many artists well-known out there, their careers blew up all because they switched genres. Perfect example, the Chainsmokers. Chainsmokers were never into Future Bass. Right. They all started with um, with that selfie song. Yeah. Can you take a selfie? You know, it all started with them and that's, and that's considered house. Right. And then their big Things started when they started making that future base. When they got into that wave, they got they blew up even more. I mean, get to roses, to closer, to to, to other artists like other songs like you know now they're like next. So yeah. yeah. So if if they would have just stick to that whole house thing, I don't think they would have made make it that Definitely far. Not. Definitely not. I mean, you never know. You know, like at at the end of the day, they're they're great musicians, but um. But yeah, no, you're you're one hundred percent right. Like they they took a totally new direction, and mm. that definitely changed their careers. You know, like everybody knows who the Chainsmokers are, right? Because Be of of that of that shift. Exactly, and something that I always tell my people and my followers and my listeners to let them know is like, guys, like if you're good at one thing, that's dope. Yeah. Right? keep progressing. Like if that's the what right. you want to do. Go yeah, for like it. Make it. It's still going to be fun for you, and you're you're going to get better at it. Yeah, know? exactly. It's so to try new things. Yeah, I would never tell anybody, you know, stick to that one genre. Like, no, if you're good at that genre, hey, go for it. Like, fine, just go work on it. But if you feel like that you want to experiment other genres, then go ahead and experiment. And you, yeah. who knows that maybe those experiments it might yeah. be your thing. I think I think that a lot of artists just have so much anxiety about it. You know, like it's. I mean, you, you, there's, there's just, there's been, it's, it's not as, as much of a thing anymore. Like I think now more than ever, a lot of artists are super down to try new things. Mm. You know, that's why you have artists like Halsey and, um, Halsey, Halsey does a little bit of everything, you know, like she did this like post pop punk song with, um, Youngblood and like Travis Barker. Yeah. That was so, 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 so cool. Definitely didn't get enough hype for it. Like, I thought that that was so sick. I mean, shit, Travis Barker, like, you do a song with Travis Barker, like, you made it. <laughs> Simple as that. I don't care what right. anybody says. Yeah, he's like a legend, you know? Like, Blake 182, come on. He's the legend. He's the GOAT for, for, yeah. for all drummers. Like, I my high standards of drummers is Phil Collins, 
Travis Barker. <laughs> you yeah, are yeah. right there on my top five drummers, my top five drummers. You are my top two, you know, like obviously like that guy, you make a song with him. It's like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, so I think, I think like now artists are a lot more open to trying new things as they should be, you know, but I think that there was like for a long time, just so much anxiety about it because, um, you know, obviously if you're with a label and you know, your label is doing with your, your label, you're keeping your label happy and you're doing something yeah. you know, that's going to make you money and them money and all that stuff. And it's, it's hard. It was really hard. It used to be really hard, you know? And I think, I think that everyone is just a little bit more open to it now as long as just needs to be done the right way. Is that what you're currently now doing with your new future project? So, yeah, I'm just like, you know, my new project is such, it's so different than anything I've ever done. It's so different, but it's been so much fun and so cool. So basically like the genre is, it definitely has its roots in like R&B and soul. Mm. Um, definitely some hip hop. Mm. Yeah, it's super sick. So yeah, like who cares about like rules, you know, like who that just because I'm in an indie rock band doesn't mean I can't do that kind of music, you know? So, um, so that goes that old saying, you know, like learn the rules so you can learn how to break them. Yes. That's my favorite saying, learn mm. your rules and break them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, 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 so true. I take that with like everything, everything, learn your rules and break them. Yeah. Because you know, it's because that's, there's a difference when they say break the rules without even knowing the rules versus mm -hmm. learn the rules so you learn how to break them because right. people break it the right way <laughs> yeah you want to break it the right way you don't want to break it like the wrong way because <laughs> i think that was the biggest mistake that many people have taken or yeah. done when they're starting to build their careers is like oh i want to do experimental shit right from the get-go it's like and then they just like go into it <laughs> yeah they just go into it i'm like no. Uh, n let me let me pause you for a moment. Hold on, like, yeah. dope. That's dope that you want to go experimental shit and whatnot. But I think the reason why you're not reaching the masses or not reaching your audience is because you're already making stuff that it's very very hard for people to like grasp and get attention for it. Like, if you want people to listen to you, make something that. People will know that they fuck with. And once people, they fuck with that and they fuck with you. Okay, now you can implement your experimental shit. And because yeah. you did it, people already followed you. They're just like, oh my God, I like this shit too. Like yeah. he's, a, he's a very creative person. Many people thought that. Perfect example is Porter Robinson. Mm. Porter Robinson yeah. started with drum and bass and dubstep and whatnot. And then he, and he crapped the, the masses he captivated and then he started doing his own thing. Right. And once he started doing his own thing, he created something that you cannot define Porter Robinson by genre. You so can just, true. yeah, you can just say, oh, that's a Porter Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a Porter Robinson vibe. Oh yeah. I've heard a song like that. You know, that's like something that Porter Robinson would do. Right. Yeah. That's how he managed to create it. That's how he, he got himself his audience and now his audience is like, oh my God, I love this guy. This is amazing. You know, mm -hmm. I feel like that's like the perfect way to how to learn how to learn the rules to break them because that's how you get yourself your, your own unique sound yeah, yourself. You know, that's how people will gravitate towards you because of doing stuff. If you just imagine if Porter Robinson never get that 
you know, fan base, will he still be Porter Robinson if he were to start his music like that from the get-go? It's it's very hard. It like I cannot say that it is a possibility that he may still make it, but I don't think he wouldn't be as big and as iconic as he is right now. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And Definitely. and it's a cool thing that, you know, Ricky is on that track too. Right. Like, oh yeah, most definitely. He's be- he's breaking the mold. Like he's becoming the most multi-genre producer out there in the world, yeah. especially in the EDM world. Because you know the only person that could come up that that can go close to what Ricky is doing is Skrillex. Yeah, I I always put him at that higher standards, and I always tell him like, "Yo, you're gonna be bigger than Skrillex, for sure, yeah. for sure." Like Definitely. because Skrillex Skrillex made a mark in. In base in the bass community, and now he's making house music and other weird shit, you know. Right. So he's already done. Like he's already good. Rick is already at that pathway. Like he's yeah. already like right there, you know. Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, I've always respected Ricky so much for that type of stuff. Like he's definitely one of those artists that just can do whatever. So great. I mean, you do a lot of music, and you sound amazing about it. Yeah, like, I guess, you- I guess, in a different way, yeah. I mean, you, like, I mean, from indie rock to that R and B soul project that you're doing right now to dubstep, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like you can do no wrong. Like, I feel like you can if you. I feel that like you can be on any project if you feel the vibe. If you feel like I can do it, you'll do a great job out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I think it all just comes from you know just doing stuff that you love. You know, if you're doing something love and obviously like fine tuning your craft, you know, absolutely. Um, I definitely didn't start off being good at at everything. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody did, you know. Um, But yeah, again, it's just it's 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 learning a lot of different rules. You know, I mean, when I started when I started the the R&B project, um, even though I grew up on that stuff, you know, I grew up so heavily on that stuff. It's been a while since I had listened to a lot of that music, since I had listened to like Erica Badu and Lauren Hill and um, Jasmine Sullivan, you know, like, <clears throat> mm. and I had to like, I had to just jump back into that stuff again, you know, and um, learn everything again, you know, not learn everything again, but like really, really tighten up on, right. on a lot of the technique and yeah, just it's it was really interesting. So it's it's been so 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 fun because I feel like this is definitely the most by far the most challenging genre I've ever worked in. Interesting. Tell me more about it. Like, why does it make it so challenging for you? So, um, I mean, so like one of our songs is like eight minutes long. I think has it's like it's up to like fifty vocal tracks. So it's like. Nani? Yeah, it's just like a bunch of harmonies. And all the harmonies are like really, really weird and interesting, you know? So it's just a lot of, a lot of experimenting. Mm. And, um, but yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been such an experience. Um, and yeah, how, how long have you been working with this, uh, with this side project or this new future project um, that you're working on? Mike have been working on this project. It, we really got it started when we went into quarantine. Mm. Oh, perfect um, timing. Yeah. <laughs> Real. We had always like talked about it, you know, but we were just like, dude, this is like the time, you know, because I, I was, I, up until then I was gigging so much with my band. He was gigging a bunch with his band as well. So we just didn't have the time for it. And it was, well, it's not that we didn't have the time for it. We just didn't make a priority. Right. You know? So, um, so finally we were like, let's just do it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like we have all this time. Let's just do it. And, um, 
the first song we released was Cold After Midnight. And we did that with um, Andrew Musselman on bass and Chris Lopez on drums as well. Uh, Tom was Becky on keys. And uh, it's so cool because I just, I, again, I just never done something like that before. It was one of those instances where we, I wrote that song and he like put, to, he, he put all of the instrumentation together. He composed the whole thing. Mm. Um, and he helped me out with some of the melodies and lyrics and stuff like that. But it like wrote it literally in probably like an hour and a half. You know, it was just, it was like written and demoed in an hour and a half. So it was so, 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 so awesome. And um, we gave that arrangement to the other players and and they threw their magic on it. And it was so, 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 so cool, so fun. So when we when we got that done, when all that was, we were like, okay, so we're not terrible at this. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, this, is, this sounds all right. People yeah. seem to dig it, you know. Yeah, so, you know, we're good, we're good, we're good with yeah. this. Let's keep doing it, you know. So our goal now is to release um, like about an eight or nine song album. So obviously we have like a bunch written. We're at like about like 15 or 16 or I'm sorry, like 12 or 13 um, songs. So we're trying to just write as much as we can and demo out everything and just, you know, kind of cherry pick from that what we want to get on the album. That's dope. That's dope. So how's that training you, you know, the whole process of that EP and an album? I mean, it's long. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it's not, Again, it's nothing like I've ever done before mm. in terms of I'm so used like when I would create with Ricky or when I would create with my band, like we were done with songs a lot of the time in, in like one night. Maybe at most it took us like a week to write a song. Right. You know? And that just that was just because me and my band had to like get together on certain days and whatever. Right. So but this is like, you know, me and Mike work on this pretty much like every other day, if not every day. And we probably have like We've been working on this for about a year now, a little over a year, right? And we have like about four songs fully demoed. Wow. So, but again, you know, like ever, there's so much detail going into these right. demos. There's, there's a bunch of layers, a bunch of different harmonies. Like it's just, it's, there's a lot going into it. So it's, it's, it's time consuming mm. and we're just still learning as we're going. It's such a, you know, it's, it's a brand new process for us. So but I've learned so much, so much as a musician since I started this project. Um, so that's been super cool. That's dope. And you're self-releasing it or you're releasing it on a label? We're just going to self-release it. Like, mm. yeah, we're just, we're just going to do everything on our own for this first album. And, you know, just, we want it to be organic. You right. Know, we want it to be super, super, super organic. and. See if see if people dig it to begin with. <laughs> you know, the first song we did was pretty dope, and and but this has been such a pleasure project, right? Than anything, you know. So at the same time, like if people dig it or not, I really, really it doesn't it doesn't bother me, like, um, because I've I've had so much fun making it, and it it really is a labor of love. So wow, a labor of love. Yeah, you'll be forty reference right there. <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> that's awesome oh but that but that's dope and you actually brought up an interesting thing because not many people look at it like that like you for when you're making music you always gotta please yourself you know you need to know that what you're doing is makes you fulfilling it makes you happy like yeah. like because what's the whole point of making songs that pleases the masses and right and it's not pleasing you Right. I, I feel like that's one of the that's one of the problems in a lot of 
musicians overall, producers and musicians who make people who make music have trouble with it. And sometimes that's one of the reasons why they get so much into mental health with it because, because, you know, they're doing stuff that they thought they started for themselves, but now they're doing it for others and they're not doing it for themselves. So they're, so they live their lives very miserable Mm. and that's very unhealthy to, to do it like that, you know, I mean, that, I mean, that's what one of the things that I have encountered in my life when I started low point in my life, when I was making music, I was just, I couldn't, I just, nothing was com- coming in for me because I wasn't satisfying myself. I was satisfying the crowd. I was satisfying yeah. the people. And it's what um Big was telling me is like, you know, like, you, it's okay. You make a banger, then, you know, all you get is a high five, you know, but yeah. it's different when you're making a soul into us into a song that's that's different because you're pouring all your love and energy into that song that's pleasing yourself and fuck fuck whoever like doesn't listen to it if they like it then hey welcome welcome to the club if they don't like it then you know it's not in it for you you know as long as you make yourself happy that's the key word making yourself happy then nothing matters at that point you know yeah yeah 100 percent felt that way about music you know like again like um like i mentioned before like music's just always been so sacred to me so like making something that i'm not not in love with and i don't believe in it's just it's kind of just out of the question for me you know right like i i would rather just you know respectfully decline if if i'm just not feeling it um because it's it's just too important to me right you know so have you ever felt like that in any given time when you're singing or when you're making a song or any of that motives like if you ever feel like you're being forced to do something that you don't like or felt like no. i feel a little down no no i've never really felt that way i mean yeah i think i think a lot of artists deal with that you mm. know like sometimes you just think of something and you think it's going to sound great and then you put it together and you just didn't e- execute it right or you mm. didn't you know like it, it didn't pan out the way you wanted it to. And I think all of that is just, it's just, you're learning, you know, you have to fail forward. That's like my favorite saying is failing Mm, forward. So when things work out, right. So like if, if things, you know, you had this, you thought you had this great idea and it just, you didn't execute it right. And you thought it was going to turn out differently. Then, you know, I try, I try to find why it didn't work. Like, you know, is there any, is there any other way I could have, I could have, I could have come at this like a different angle or something. And, before I throw out an idea, I really, really try to make sure that this was a bad idea. <laughs> you know, I really, because like, every, you're, I'm, you know, everybody, I think every song you make, you're just, you're, you're going to, you should, right? You should, I think, learn something new. Right. It's a small thing. So, yeah, I think like, you know, it's just, it's just part of being, being an artist, but I, you know, you think about like, um, oh my gosh, Bob Ross, right? Happy little accidents. Is that what he calls it? Yeah. You, know? you make a mistake and, and you make art out of it, you know? So like, um, and, and it could be from anything. I remember the other day I was, um, I was doing vocal production with somebody. We were demoing something out for her. And like, I had like moved something like stupidly. Like, I don't know like what I did it was like a mistake but it sounded so 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 dope you know so i like i'm like i figured out what i did wrong you know and i was like oh okay well now i know how to do that that's super <laughs> sick and i'm gonna do that next time so 
I think like any, any, any art that you make, like you're going to learn a little something from, you know, um, right. whether it worked out or it didn't. So, but yeah, you know, I've, I've never really been in a place where things weren't like consistently sounding good, where I was like consistently unhappy with what I was creating because, you know, I'm just kind of, I don't know. I just kind of try to solve problems, you know, okay. like if, if I'm, if I'm not digging the way it's sounding, like I, I figure out why I'm not digging it, you know? So, and you just, again, you just fell forward. Right. You know, that didn't work. So I won't do it next time. And have you ever, have you ever, or do you believe, let me put it, rephrase this. Do you believe in writer's block? And if so, like, how do you handle it? I don't believe in writer's block. Mm. Like, I think, I think writer's block will come from like a much deeper place. Mm. Personally, like anytime I haven't been able to write, it's not because of writer's block. It's because I'm like dealing with something emotionally, <laughs> you know, mm. that like I'm, it's, I haven't, it hasn't surfaced yet. And like, I haven't dealt with. So I don't think that, yeah, I think it mostly like as an artist, like you just create, you know, I, I, I don't know. I just kind of always got into the habit. I actually learned this from Ricky. Ricky told me this, you know, like it's, it's, you practice it, you know, you just practice it. You practice writing. If you suck at writing, you practice it, you're going to get better. So even when I like, I would write things and I didn't really like where it was going, I'd finish it anyways. You know, I would right. finish it anyways because maybe there was some idea from it that I could use in the future, or maybe something dope would come out of it. And if it didn't, who the fuck cares? You know, um, but I also don't think that creating should be forced either. Right. But you know, it's hard because even when I can tell you, like sometimes I have forced myself to create, and great things have come out of it. You know, and again, it's not because I'm not feeling creative; it's because I've realized, you know, like in retrospect, I was dealing with with something else going on right. that I hadn't, I, I had not dealt with. So it was affecting my creativity. For I me, agree with like, that. I deal with so much anxiety, you know? Mm. So like if I'm feeling anxious about like anything and I'm not dealing with it the right way, it's, it's going to affect me creatively. Okay. Sure. And how do you deal with your anxiety? Like what, what stuff do you do that, you know, is like anxiety, get out. You yeah. Know? I'm, so like planting, like these plants have tremendously helped, you know, like, I think like everybody, you know, like everyone has to have their passion. That's super, so important. But mm. when music was like my only thing that I did, you know, and I really wasn't doing anything else, then, you know, I, I don't know, like, it was just, it was always still so beautiful to me and so sacred to me and important to me. But I definitely, I guess that was, that was probably one time, but again, it was deep. It was rooted because of another reason. Right. But I did notice when I wasn't doing anything else, it was harder to create. So, yeah, I think that yeah. that's really what it comes down to is, you know, if you're an artist, you're an artist and you constantly create, but if you're having a hard time creating, then that probably means that you're, that you need to deal with something else, you know, something emotionally right. or spiritually or mentally anything like that i 100% agree and the re and the and the reason what i er earlier i told you is that we're gonna go back in that mm -hmm. because of that hobby you make mm -hmm. it's a sack same thing that has happened to me like when i literally feel down the dumps or i'm feeling mm -hmm. going through emotions or going from some other stuff and or when i'm not feeling of making a song or it's mm -hmm. not coming out the way i want it you know I literally stop everything altogether and I focus on my hobbies. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of hobbies. Um, one of one of my hobbies is, you know, spending time with my girl. 
That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And playing video games whenever I yeah. get a chance because I don't get to play video games during the week because I'm working and I'm working on the podcast, you know, so, okay. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, believe it or not, playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, dope. I used to play Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, you used to be a duelist. <laughs> okay, to be honest, to be honest, right? I really didn't know what the hell I was doing. The only reason why I picked up the game was because this boy I had a crush on played it. Oh, so I would just have like stacks of cards, like these massive decks, just to like. I mean, just, I knew a little bit, a little bit, but if I had to like sit down and play with you again right now, right. I, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Most of the time, I was just putting cards down like like a fucking like, badass. Yeah, like, yeah, that's what are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? And then they'd be like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, oh, wrong <laughs> card. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like, I, I, I used to play it, but like, I didn't know shit about it. Oh, that's dope. That's <laughs> <a> dope. poser. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, I, thank God I'm not the only one. <laughs> I've interviewed so many people here, and when I met about Yu-Gi-Oh, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah." And like nobody has ever played it. I'm that's like, "Damn." Cool. Yeah, it was like a big deal when I was like in elementary school. Yeah, back yeah. I remember back in middle in my time, it was middle school and junior high. It was like the biggest shit ever. Right. So yeah, right now I the nostalgia factor hit me and now i'm currently playing it competitively that's so sick yeah so like i and i and i love it i i enjoy it so many so much you know like i tell my girls like hey like are you doing anything this week like nah like i gotta do this and that it's like oh okay then i'm just gonna go to the to my local sh shop and just play right. Yu-Gi-Oh. she's like i never right. knew that was a thing until recently like i didn't know that there were like competitions for those games i uh, have a friend who like I think he competitively plays like magic. Oh shit! No, that's magic. a ball. That's a different ball game. That's 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 big leagues ball game. Yeah, is it? yeah. <laughs> ma magic is like oh, like off the level. It's and it's not just magic and Yu-Gi-Oh. Pokemon, the trading card game, is also a thing. Oh, okay. So you got yeah, those Pokemon cards are like selling for mad expensive. Yeah, but it. It's not because of, you know, some people recently got into it and now everybody's like buying the cars. Like, no, it, it was always expensive cars. It's just right now those celebrities made it much more, you know, m even more mainstream. But mm -hmm. as long as I, I remember, yeah, those training cards were always played on a professional level. Even it, it competes to even on a, on a grand prize money winning, you know? Wow. Yeah. That and that and and that's why I play competitively Yu-Gi-Oh to get that money, you know, get that oh, extra yeah. moolah, you know? Yeah, dude. <laughs> dude, if you're good at it, that's fun. Why the hell not? Exactly. I, I get lots of fun, even though I get yeah. my ass kicked most of the time, but I <laughs> I, I have fun. That's the, all that matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and hey, believe it or not, because of making all these certain hobbies mm -hmm. is where I make the best shit ever. Yeah. So, like, I always tell people, it's like, if you are in this quote-unquote writer's block yeah or in you're feeling down the dumps or you're not feeling right or you're not or you, you feel like man i need to just get off with this for a while, unplug yourself follow your hobbies follow your passions follow do something that makes you happy like and go yeah. to the smallest thing like you like playing video games play video games for a little bit or go go out and skateboard go biking go surfing go do some extra activities you know like yeah. 
the creativity is going to come back again. And it's going to hit you hard that while you're doing it, you'll be like, oh, my God. Now I know what to do when I come back. And when you come back, you're like, just like, yeah. yes. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Like it's it's I don't know. That's just always been my experience, you know, so right. I, I relate to that so heavy. Like it's just yeah, you just sometimes you just need to, you know, sometimes again, like it, it, it I've, I've done great things when I have forced myself to create. Right. But at the same time, you know, it's for me, it was just always something that like I knew I wasn't dealing with in another way. So right. it showed in my creativity. But, but yeah, like you need to, you should find other things. You definitely should find other things. I I agree. Like you should definitely have some sort of a hobby, even in the smallest little thing. Like, it, hey, another thing I also do, I forgot to mention, like I am where Ricky is to Legos. I am into Gundam models. What are they? Hold on. Let me show you. I got, I got you a big one. Here you go. You see these? Oh my gosh. What is that? That's what, what we like to call. Is that a sword? Well, this is not a sword. This is a what we call a scythe. A scythe. That's like what the Reaper carries. Yeah, basically. So this robot, it's it's known as a Gundam. It's a robot? Yeah, that's a robot. Look. Oh my gosh. Here you go. See? Holy shit. I see it now. And this is what humans pilot, you know, because it's a giant ass robot. Holy shit. Yeah. We call it Gundams. It's very popular and there's this lots of models that are like him that you built it. You basically okay. build these guys. Like I got wow. like in my That's desk. probably super meditative though. Oh, Ricky's level of patience with Legos is unprecedented. Your yeah. level of patience with plants. It's a godly level. My level of patience with building these. Yeah. Is another realm. <laughs> <laughs> wow because you need to be very precise and know which ones you're building and cutting and then once you got that all assembled you need to make sure that you have a little paint a little stickers a little like yeah wow no, no, no. that's so cool yeah so that's like another hobby i have like 20 more of those um boxes that i haven't built and oh. the reason i haven't built them is because I'm waiting until I move in with my girl. So that I way I have you. enough space because in my room, I don't have space. Like if you see my my corner. Yeah. See that bookshelf. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That bookshelf has like five shelves. Each shelf is full of 20 of those that I show you. Wow. Either action figure or built in. So that I have like at least if I have to put a number, I have like over 100 of those. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so my level of patience to build those is next level. Yeah. That's yeah, that's another fine hobby. If you like, and I, I always find that stuff that you build on with your own hands tend to help you a lot more when you're writing music. Mm. Because you know... Really? Because if you think about it, when you're making a song, when you finish it, you sense a, a sense of accomplishment because you like achievement. You did this yeah. with your own hands, your mind. You did this. The same feeling can be applied when you're doing building stuff like building little cars, building little boats, Legos, the Gundams, you know, yeah. 
Like when you're doing stuff with your hands and you feel accomplished, it's, it has that same feeling when you're making a song and it helps you even more because let's say that your level of patience wasn't up there when you're making a song and you get frustrated immediately because it doesn't work. So when you learn how to be patient and learn how to build stuff and learn why it has to be like this and why you yeah. gotta take your time doing this and that, you apply that same thought into music and then you will never complain again. And you'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, OK, I can do this right now. You know, so it's a, it, believe it or not, it's, it has that same mentality thought. So it's a cool right. thought process that you, you can think of, you know, so the, I totally feel that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes, yeah, so the same way that you do it with your plants. Like you need to have a level of patience when it comes to your plants. And you need to know what you got to do when you're tendering with them, when you're planting them, when you're giving them, if, when you're feeding them, you know, a sense yeah. of water and you're shining them, like know the position, know when to move, know when to cut up some, some bad stuff. Like you need yeah. to learn how to do that. If you do that, I'm writing music. It's, it's just the same concept. It's just a, a different definitely no i feel that 100 percent. yeah so you know foot for thought you know <laughs> so we're gonna go down with our last few questions and so we can wrap this up all right it's so, all right so what has been up to now your greatest accomplishment it could be music related it could be general related it could be life related it could be like whatever you can think of what has been like the greatest thing it could be all as well. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's such a loaded question. Um, so I think like with, I, I, my, my, my heart like just wants to say, I think with School of Rock. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it's just been super, of course, super fulfilling. You know, the students that I've, I've taught and um, I have a student that is like, going to um hamilton in new york she got like accepted into hamilton whoa well yeah and i've i've known her since she was like 13 and to see her growth and to see this incredible human that she's turned into has been so amazing so it's it's instances like that you know like that have been so fulfilling i think you know i think also it, it's 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 really important for um a lot of young female musicians a lot of young girl musicians to um to see someone like myself because i feel like they can identify with that and they, mm. they you know they see somebody who is obviously a girl and and you know she can uh she can she can sing and she can play the drums she can play guitar and she can run a show and she can you know do all these great things and right stuff like that. and um i think it's really important you know so like i don't know it's 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 definitely this really, really fulfilling thing for me. Um, Cause you look at it, you know, there's just, there's, it's, it's women in music have, have I mean, women in any industry, yeah. okay. <laughs> women in any industry have obviously um, been treated so differently mm -hmm. than their male counterparts. And um, I definitely know for a fact that, that, that a shift is happening. It's, it's been happening, you know? Right. Um, and I think we're just getting to a place where we do need to see a lot more female music professors, even. I agree. You know, and, uh, and and music educators and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's been it's been very cool for me, very fulfilling. That's dope. That's uh, I love 
to hear that. Definitely need more women in this world for anything. It doesn't matter what. Even even um even on software engineering. I this is one of the things I've talked to my girl about. Like if 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 God willing, it will give us a daughter in the future. Yeah. Which will be dope. It'll be a fulfilling dream for mine, you know, if we got yeah. a daughter. But it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a boy right, or girl. Yeah, no, like, it doesn't matter. But I will teach my daughter all the male traits yeah. so she can actually like do anything. Like it doesn't matter which which where she goes, she can do it. Like she'll she'll be willing to to go ahead and go for it, you know. Right. And Definitely, I always yeah. I always told my my girlfriend like if we get a daughter like and we get um when she gets older I w- I definitely want to teach her how to code and and into software engineering. Yeah. Because I feel like that's going to be an important thing in the future. And I feel yeah. like the demand is going to be there. And I feel like she she will be dope if she is she if she can do stuff like that, you know? Right. Yeah, definitely. My girl wants her to be a doctor. So because she, my girl's in the medical field. So. Oh, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm in the technology field. So, you know, it's like, you know, I feel a bit of coin. Like you, you're either. Well, either one sounds great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> one is super promising. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, two more questions. Mm-hmm. What are you currently doing, which you are right now doing your your side project right now or your main project, your new project that you're doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, right now I'm just uh, definitely writing for that project. Um, me and Yardage are starting up writing again and rehearsing again, which is super fun. Dope. Um, and what are you hoping to accomplish with both of these projects? <sighs> just play dope shows, play dope shows and release dope music. If anything else happens, that's cool. <laughs> that's, dope. that's dope. Yeah, I mean, I uh, you know, it's just it's you know, obviously, you every musician, I well, not every musician, I take that back. A lot of musicians, a lot of musicians, they do they do want to see some success with their music because mm. it's, it's fulfilling as well when when people love your stuff, right? You know, and I definitely <clears throat> we definitely got a little bit of that with um, face value. You know, everybody everybody that listened to it loved it, and. Um, we were so grateful and it was, it was definitely fulfilling, you know, um, like even just little things, you know, just hopping into a friend's car that I hadn't seen in a while. And it's like, you know, they're switching out a CD and it was my CD in their car. Like, dude, what? Yo, that's dope. <laughs> you know, like, it's just like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. You know, that's, that's awesome. So, um, <laughs> or like someone shooting me a text message, how many times they've listened to like, if I stay or Northwest. You know, like I would get those like every so often, like at yeah. the end of the year when Spotify does their wrap up. Or yeah. whatever. And it's like, damn, what? It's really? A, it's a dope <laughs> song. Like it's a dope. I, I'm telling you, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, when I when you know, when I when I go into anything, obviously you, you want that outcome. But um, I don't go into like into anything expecting that, you mm. know, like it's just if something dope happens from it, like, cool. You know, that's. I'm grateful and and so thankful, but you know, I just that's that's it. <laughs> okay. One final question, and we can wrap this up. Let's just say that the Grateful Dead mm-hmm. comes over and goes to you and say, "Hey, I heard your music. Your music is dope. I love your voice. <laughs> we would like you to come over to our tour." Uh huh. 
but uh, the tour is gonna last for like years you know okay. but before before you go to the tour write a piece of paper and write free advice that you will give to someone what are gonna be those free pieces of advice um i would say don't sell yourself short and give yourself more credit that would be my first piece of advice you gotta put those together all right cool that's one my next piece of advice would be don't give in to something that's going to fulfill you just for a quick moment. Mm. My last piece of advice would be, I guess, I don't know. I'm going away on tour for years. Travel more. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling is important. <laughs> but no, I think definitely those first two. Traveling is definitely important. I'd say travel more. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. You know, we, we could definitely do those. You know, the first two are definitely are definitely, you know, on point that. Yeah, because this is the type of stuff, you know, that people need to listen a whole lot more because sometimes people tend to give up midway. Yeah. And and they don't and they don't know these type of stories that I try. I tend to bring into the table to my podcast, like your stories and other people's stories. So when they try to listen to this, it's like, I get like, wow. Like, I never thought about that perspective. Like, wow, that is so true. Like, thank you. I would have never, I would have give up a little time ago. So yeah. I always want to tend to give those advice out and ask to people. So that way, so that way the listeners can know it's like, hey guys, like you guys are not the only ones that is going through this stuff. You know, like we got people like them, like you, like her, like others, you know, like yeah. it's always good to know that never give up like if this is your passion go push it through and and go for it you know Th doesn't matter the odds the odds the odds are always gonna be against you what matters is true you're either gonna fall down or you're gonna perceive which right. is it there's only two roads you can you can either go forward or backwards right so always go forward no matter what and one last thing play the long game yeah so play the wrong way. So we're going to wrap this up. Thank you very much, Deja, for coming into the show. So fun. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate very much for you coming over. It really means a lot, you know, for you to come over. And thank you for being the first singer in my show. Aww, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Yeah, it was a nice conversation with you. Um, Before we go plug yourself out, let the people know what you got installed and what to expect in the future. Yeah, so um, definitely follow. You can follow my band um, at Yardage on Insta and then at Yardage Music on Twitter. And um, for my new project, Futurism, you can follow us on Instagram at Futurism Band. If you guys follow us now, you guys are going to be like hip from the get because it's, it's oh. a fresh, brand new baby. So you can definitely expect a lot of things coming. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. You guys heard about it, guys. So thank you, Deja, for coming into the show. Thank you guys for tuning in. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So be sure to like and subscribe for your weekly episodes at the Lone Wolf Podcast for SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and of course, the YouTube channel at lonewolfpod.com that's lonewolfpod.com that's the channel that I'm trying to bring up that's the one I'm trying to you know 
focus on. I need help, guys. I need help from everybody. Make let's get to a hundred subscribers in my show. And once we get to the hundred, we'll go to the thousands. And I'll promise you guys, if we get to a hundred subscribers, I'm gonna do something very special for everybody. Okay, so. Comment down below. Let me know your thoughts. Share your experience. If you guys got at a specific topic that you want me to cover or you want Deja to cover as well and know about it, please let us know in the comments down below and we'll be sure to bring it up on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys in the next one. Deuces.